This episode of the Knicks Film School Podcast is brought to you by our new sponsor, Oakley. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not just the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to oakley.com for more information today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another KFS off-season live stream. My name is Andrew Claudio. Some of you know me as GMAC, and I am here for a very special occasion. Uh, not just because I get to be behind the scenes for the much-anticipated off-season live stream that a lot of you found out about earlier this week and are now going to... Uh, be able to send questions. Any question you want will be answered tonight. I, I Famous last words. But I also get to uh, hold his feet to the fire and get to see him get his held feet to the fire when he goes one-on-one with Robert Cross in the Super Chats. You know him as a uh, recurring friend of the pod uh, and brilliant writer who covers the Knicks for The Athletic. Uh, Fred Katz, welcome to your debut live here on Knicks Film School. I'm only here because Robert Cross and I have exchanged passive aggressive messaging toward each other. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to take out the passive part. I just, I want, I want him to, I want him to, you know, ask a question and I just want to be able to tell him that he is not a real person. I refuse to believe Robert Cross is a real person, by the way. He is a character. He is. Wait, wait. Wait, he is a character that you and Macri made up. And now that you actually have listeners, you can't like give up the bit because it would prove that he was a character that you made up. There's no way that guy's a real person. And I I can't wait to tell him and just I'm sure he has sent in 783 super chats already. And I can't wait to tell him. I don't care about your money. I'm not getting any of this. This is just for John and Andrew and everybody else. So I, 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 I'm not, I may not dignify it with an answer. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Um, I, I'm, I'm glad you're, this is the type of journalist you are. You're exposing the AI formula that John and I created, which is mm-hmm. Robert mm-hmm. Cross. So mm-hmm. we'll get to him. You need to get creative with the name. Robert yes. Cross. Cross, cross, pastor's son, right here. Of course, it had to include yeah. a cross, and maybe John has a friend named Robert. You might be onto something there. Yeah, John's friend Bobby, and you were like, let's just formalize it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. mm, he's on to see. This is the type of behind-the-scenes journalism that you get. The in we're gonna make him come up with ridiculous bits that he never comes off of, no matter what. Nope, nope. Wait for the lumberjack to show up, Fred. Don't worry. Uh, but speaking of journalism, before I hand you over to our audience, you actually did have a pretty insightful article about about a week and a half ago um, on an incident between uh, Obi Toppin and Tom Thibodeau after Game Four, but when the Knicks lost to the Miami Heat in the second round of the playoffs, um, in which uh, and just quoting your article. Uh, the, the the two figures in the um that you quoted um 
went at each other. Uh, it was separated by assistant coaches and then by teammates. And it was centered around the, the lead in to uh, OB talk top and extension talks. But of course the, the tension between Tibbs and Toppin that was highlighted at the beginning of the article uh, is what a lot of people were focused on. I just want to start with this, if we can. Um, if you want to clarify, go ahead. But specifically to the the Toppin and Obi, the uh, Toppin and Obi, Toppin and Tibbs, back and forth. Did did any of that tension linger or do you have any intel that it was like squashed the next day and this is just like a thing that happens often in NBA locker rooms? It was important enough. It was remarkable enough that I deemed it worth writing, you know, like I wasn't if it was something that I was just like, because there are squabbles that I find out about in the locker room. There were various ones throughout the year that I actually did find out about. And I kind of either because I couldn't get enough detail on them, I couldn't get enough perspective on them or because I could get enough perspective. And the perspective was just, it's a thing that happens in locker rooms. It's my duty as a reporter to figure out to me, good reporting isn't just putting out there everything that you hear, no matter what it's actually deciding, okay, is this newsworthy Mm. and then figuring out, okay, it's newsworthy. How do I, what's the proper context? What's the proper framing? Like, like our duty isn't just to be true. It's also to be accurate. You know what I mean? And those are two different things. Accuracy is a level beyond what's true. Uh, and I wouldn't have written it if in my conversations with people learning about it. And, and I had, I mean, that wasn't like a one or two source report. I, I had, I think five people who I spoke to about that and everybody was on the same page about it. And so I felt really comfortable going with it, uh, because I, I learned about it. As you know, like I learned about it that night. I I was I was in the locker room walking around being like, what the hell happened in there? Mm-hmm. You know, like it was I learned about it that night. Uh and it was a very and, and and you guys mentioned it. I think you mentioned it on the podcast. I don't remember if you mentioned it on the podcast or you mentioned it while you and I were talking. But you were the ones who put it together, which I forgot about at the time that I wrote the story, Obi story, because it was six weeks later. But that was the same night that Julius said, like, maybe Miami just wants it more than us. Did you say it on the podcast? Or it we- wasn't on the pod. We, You and I talked uh, when we were yeah. planning out this live stream, and I put two and two together that Obi, Obi has this incident with Tibbs. And then what we saw in the public, without knowing this yet, um, was Julius in a post-game press conference being like, maybe they want it more. And he got raked over the coals. And it, and it was like it, minutes after that incident. Well, so for us, it was minutes after what a lot of Knicks fans deemed a an unimpressive and uninspiring performance in game four. So we're right. like, you're like, who want, they want it more. Like, you're the last person I hear this from. Meanwhile, he's seeing this unfold in front of him. He's separating Obi and Rick Brunson and... And and Tibbs and and dealing with this and he's like, listen, we're fighting in the locker room over playing time and in the middle of the playoffs. Maybe they want it more, you know. So right. it adds context exactly. to uh, the situation now. Yeah, that was why, like knowing what I knew at the time, I I I always, I mean, even not knowing, even if I didn't know that at the time, I still would have thought it was fine that Julius said that. I appreciate it when players are honest like that, you know. Like I'm mm-hmm. never gonna knock a guy as long as he's not being a jerk, which he wasn't. I'm never going to knock guy for just being honest about how he feels about something. And I think honestly, 
that was more of a kill the messenger than kill the message situation. But anyway, getting back to the OB thing. Yeah. I mean, if I, if I thought it was just a, this happens all the time sort of event, I wouldn't have written it. I did think it was remarkable. That's why I remarked on it. I also know that OB and Tibbs had a patch up the next day. Um, to my knowledge, there's no, you know, sort of lingering effect. Uh, Tibbs doesn't do that stuff. You know, Tibbs is like, if you can help Tibbs win games, like that's it. Like he only cares about basketball sometimes to a fault and uh, sometimes to a th- place that allows him to just get over that stuff. Like instantaneously. Like I don't think Tibbs personalized anything, to be honest. Uh, you know, Obi played in game five as normal rotations. He played well. He was, a, he was a big factor in that 18 to two run they had in the second quarter of that game. Uh, I, I, I don't think there was any big thing. I think it's funny that I put out that story and some of the reaction was like, Oh, Fred got the okay to finally go with this. Cause they're going to trade him on draft night. And I mm-hmm. see all this stuff if they're going to trade Obi on draft night. And I was just like, I don't think they're trading. I mean, they might trade Obi a couple of days from now or at some point in July, that's on the table. But I was like, I don't think they're trading Obi on draft night. I don't, I don't think that's happening. Uh, and it was funny to see some of the reaction to it. So I thought, I thought it was a deal and I wrote it mostly because I thought it was worth, it was a nice microcosm, you know, I'm a storyteller at heart and it was a, it was a, it was a fitting microcosm of just like, this thing that's so obvious to all of us. Well, it's so obvious to the Knicks that in their tensest moments of the season, this is what the topic is. Yeah. And there's, there's a portion of the fan base and I don't even fully discredit them that wonder that, that hold it against Tibbs. What to what Obi has been relegated to in his role. And, um, I, well, I, I, I don't doubt Tibbs' credentials, and at least I'm not one to do so. Um, I also do wonder what Obi could could potentially do if given uh, more creativity on the offensive end. Um, I I gather from this this report and just from what we've known so far, um, Obi also wonders what he could potentially do with given a, a new role in a, in a different system elsewhere, which is why the last question I'll ask you before I turn you over to the live chat is going to be about uh, what you just said. That More like the see- never alive chat because Robert Cross doesn't exist. No, nah, that's right. On. The AI chat. You're right. Um, the, AI, the AI chat. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll have- other, other, other people exist. Like, like well, like Kevin Damashevsky. That's a it's Damashevsky, right? Dan and there's an end. Dan Danashevsky. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's a real person. If he shows, you're not up. coming up with Danashevsky. You know, that's a that's a real person. I chat Chat KFS does 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 what we tell it to. You know, we just insert, give us fake names for uh you, for super chatters, and it just shows up. Um, I'll hold your feet to the fire with what you just said about um you could see not Obi getting traded on draft night, but you could be traded um in the next couple of days or even in July. Um, maybe not specifically Obi, but do you have anything that you're potentially confident in reporting? Um, or at least. I don't want to say guessing because I know you're you have too much integrity to actually guess on this live stream. But anything you're comfortable saying to us about what you're hearing, the Knicks may potentially do. First of all, if if I have any integrity, I plan on all of it being gone by the end of the evening. Which, and and second of all, your plan, yes. 
<laughs> Look, I think they want to add at least one piece to get better. Uh, they want to add something in the short term. I would be shocked if Josh Hart were not on the Knicks on opening day next year. And that means that they are going to have to expel somebody who is currently in their rotation and under contract from the team. It's just the math. Like, you know, there's, there's the Dante DiVincenzo noise. That's everyone's heard it a million times over. Right. And I think that interest is totally real. Uh, and you know, I'm, I'm far from the first person to report that. Right. So let's say they, let's say hypothetically they signed Dante DiVincenzo for, I don't know, close to, or all of the mid-level exception. You're not giving DiVincenzo $10 million, $12 million so he can play 15 minutes. Like there are zero minutes to be had in the rotation right now. Let's say you trade Obi and you get nothing back. That's only 15 minutes freed up for someone like DiVincenzo. He's taking somebody else's minutes, which means you're going to have guys getting fewer minutes, certain guys who I know certain listeners of this podcast are not going to appreciate getting fewer minutes, whether that's quickly, whether that's RJ, whether that's Grimes, like you're going to have certain guys getting fewer minutes. Uh, or it means there's another move coming too. And it's not just Obi, or maybe it, the move isn't Obi and it's somebody else. Maybe it's quickly. Maybe it's, Maybe it's RJ. Like I think a lot of that stuff is is firmly on the table. Um, there are few players who could be traded away, and it would like really make me say holy shit. Like obviously Brunson would make me say holy shit. I would just like that's not happening. Like there's just that's not going to happen. They're not trading Jalen Brunson. Um, news that will shock nobody. Uh, I would be surprised if they traded Julius Randle. I don't think that's happening. Um, basically, everybody else, I would be surprised if they traded Mitch um, just because they really appreciate his rim protection. Tabes really wants that rim protector down low in a starting center. And it would take a very specific type of trade for them to even entertain trading Mitch. It would have to be something where they either already had a trade lined up for a rim protector who was as good or better than him, or they were getting one back that was as good or better than him. And it's possible. It's possible they could get a Miles Turner trade. It's just that there are only so many trades out there that are like that. So I'd be pretty surprised on Mitch. And and everybody else, I don't think anyone else would like totally shock me. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenblum.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. 
And now, a quick break to tell you about our new sponsor, Bird Dogs. Do you want a pair of shorts that aren't just comfortable but make you look good? Well, Bird Dogs has just what you need. Their stretch khakis are designed to fit slimmer, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. That's because they aren't like regular shorts, which are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Instead, they invented a cloud knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but stretches. Now, you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs also use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all summer long. So I'll ask again, want to look good while being comfortable? Don't hesitate. Head to birddogs.com to check out their full catalog of shorts, pants, and so much more. You can also use the promo code POOL to receive a free Yeti-style tumbler with your first order. Again, that's birddogs.com. That's bird. B-I-R-D, dogs, D-O-G-S, dot com, and promo code POOL, P-O-O-L, to receive a free Yeti-style tumbler with your first order. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Well, I sincerely appreciate you for giving us your time tonight. I know, jokes aside, our live or AI chat appreciates you making time for us, which is why I'm officially going to turn you over, Fred Katz, to the chat and take it away. Host of a KFS live, live stream, Fred Katz of The Athletic. All right. Okay. I guess I've always listened to these things. I don't really know what to do, but the first one is from Fargo Tufo. Uh, I, I hope I'm getting a percentage of these, uh, you know, it's four ninety I'm hoping I'm getting a percentage of these super chats. So in the new CBA players, so hold can, on, hold on. I, I guess we should have got over some type of, uh, I have absolutely average. no idea what I'm doing. I'm just reading this off and answering it. Right. So one thing that we also do, we have, re, re, uh, uh, shied away from when, Oh, you know, I don't say this. I don't, we say, don't the say the price unless oh, you I'm sorry. put like $3 and 12 cents in the chat. So, right. I forgot that. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Fargo. I outed you as someone who has four dollars and ninety nine cents and spent it on us exactly. Specifically yes, to ask your question, yeah. it's okay. Fargo's probably about to. Okay, question from Fargo Tufo. In the new CBA, players can be terminated for lack of skill, which KFS faculty is most at risk for being terminated with cause for lack of skill. Uh. I mean, it's it's obviously Macri. This is Andrew's podcast. Andrew does everything. You guys have no idea. He does, and Macri doesn't even do the scheduling. He just shows up when Andrew tells him to show up. It is unquestionably Macri. He's like the guy at the top of the pyramid scheme, and then everybody else is doing the work below, and it's all just filtering up to him, and he's taking all the $4.99 tips, and that's it. So I, 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 it's unquestionably Macri. Next question. That's the easiest question I'm going to get all night. All right. Oh, all right. Robert Cross. I'm, honestly, I'm honored. From Robert W. Cross. First time, long time, Fred. What a pleasure this is. Have you considered submitting your Money Mitch piece for a Nobel Prize? It's life-changing. Thank you. I can't believe that I came on here just destroying Robert Cross. And then he comes on and says something nice to me. And now I'm the one who looks like the asshole. That's a, it's a great... Honestly, it's an amazing strategy by him. Thank you. No, I have not submitted it for a Nobel Prize. Uh, I have not submitted uh, submitted it for a Pulitzer either. Uh, I'm not sure any piece with that many dick jokes in it has ever won a Pulitzer. Uh, so so I, I'd imagine it wouldn't do so great, but I do appreciate that you appreciated it. Thank you, Robert Cross. 
Uh, next one from Juanan. The orange and blue prophet Robert Randolph, my favorite, predicted two trades on Friday. Your thoughts? Also, who is more attached to Mitch currently? You or Tibbs? Love reading your work. Happily subscribed. Well, thank you, Juanan. Um, Andrew, what are the two trades that Robert Randolph proposed? You're, you're going to need... A, give me a second, because I have to go to the unmute button and find that first. Um, but I will... Before the you're while you're reading the next super chat, which was which is of course also by Robert Cross, um, I will get that information for you. Don't worry. Okay, so here's another Robert Cross one. Uh, one to oh, first time, long time, Fred. What do you think John does in the woods? Also, perhaps related to what do you attribute your natural chemistry with? It's your boy John. Um, what do I think John does in the woods? I think John just does woodsman type stuff. I imagine that he, he has to burrow for warmth, uh, tries to find sticks. I imagine he has some way of contacting Andrew. So Andrew can come out to set fires for him because once again, John doesn't really have any skills to be able to take care of that. Uh, he probably finds some like, like I, I imagine John, honestly, just like, violently attacking rabbits, eating the insides, and then using their skin to stay warm. That's honestly what I what I imagine. And and he doesn't use utensils or anything. He's just going at it. He's not cooking them because he doesn't know how to make a fire. And he's just he's just going at it. I, I don't know. I I John John Macri is a great podcaster and he's very easy to podcast with. So I would say that the chemistry is all his. I know you listen to every episode of this podcast probably, so you should know he has great chemistry with everybody he podcasts with. So it's probably something to do with that. So apologies for interrupting your Macri. No, perfect timing. Macri compliment parade, but I do not see a single Robert Randolph projected trade. That doesn't mean they don't always show up. I've maybe he deleted them. Maybe, potentially. Maybe he predicted them and they didn't happen. They deleted. Chat, help me out. And if Robert Randolph predicted trades today, please tell me. Because I know over the years he's predicted a, a thing or two, and I got I, I got to a certain point where I was like, all right, I don't need I don't need you to predict things in my life anymore. So uh, I'll just leave it at that. Please help me out, live chat. But we move on to the next super chatter, Fred Katz of the oh, Athletic. Yeah, from, from Fred Katz, uh, can I say the the price for this one? This one you can, yes. Okay, yeah. So this one's from Fred Katz for $3.15. And and it's honestly a really good request. It just says, can you make sure this money goes to Fred, not John? I agree. It's a good sentiment. We can go to the next one. So apparently the chat, Juanon's in the chat now saying that apparently he said RJ's gone and that OG Ananobi will get traded and that Donovan Mitchell will get traded. Okay, so RJ is gone in an OG trade? Or he's just gone. So I he the 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 tweet that I think is being referenced is that he tweeted out um it was nice while it lasted, RJ, it looks like. Was great having RJ here is the tweet he sent five hours ago. Was great having RJ here. Yes. Maybe he like hosted him for a Shabbat dinner. You know what? Not gonna completely rule it out. You know, I mean, and look, it's possible they trade RJ. I don't think Robert Randolph has it this in advance. Uh, I, I think it's totally possible they trade RJ. Look, we talk so often 
about how they need shooting. Mm-hmm. And in the regular season, the offense functioned in spite of the three-point shooting because they had really good shot selection. And Tibbs always says, constantly says, this is his messaging to the team, the goal is to be high volume from three at at least league average percentage. That's the goal. They did not get to league average percentage because they got to a really, really slow start from three where they were like, like very close to last in the league for a long portion of the beginning part of the season. But if you look after like a certain date, I, and it's been a couple months since I looked at the numbers, but it's like, you know, after, over the last like 50 games or something like that, they were basically league average percentage wise from three. They were high volume. They were top 10 in the league in attempts. And that's the goal that they wanted to be. And when you have a team like that, that also gets to the free throw line a lot. And that is really good at these sneaky sorts of plays and has, you know, like the Brunson's floaters and, and all that quicklies and all that kind of stuff. And then you also have the most ridiculous offensive rebounding center in the Eastern conference and Mitchell Robinson. And by the way, it's not just him. Hartenstein is an excellent offensive rebounder. Um, Josh Hart is an excellent offensive rebounder. Quickly is a good rebounder for a guard. Like it's a bunch of guys. They were the best offensive rebounding team in the league this year of any team that was responsible about offensive rebounding. Houston technically had a better offensive rebound rate. The only reason Houston had a better offensive rebound rate is because all five players just chased after the ball like they were dogs and someone threw a tennis ball. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and they just, it's, it's as if they chased after the ball. It's as if they were being coached to say, okay, not only are we not going to run back in transition, we're actually going to run the opposite way. It was as if they were just like taking the really long way, just like around the earth, you know, and just yeah. coming back the other way and they'd be back by time. It was, it was incredible watching Houston. So I, I like to say the Knicks were the best offensive rebounding team of any team that actually offensive rebounded responsibly. Um, and it worked in the regular season. And then we saw what happened in the Miami series and Miami was clogging the paint and helping off of their shooters and making sure that the guys who they were fine taking threes were taking the threes and it didn't work. And Brunson didn't have space and he was still really, really, really good, but he probably could have been even better because his job was ridiculously difficult. And we all agree they need shooting. Maybe not for the regular season because we saw them finish tied for third in the league in points per possession in spite of not having that three-point shooting. But they sure as hell need it when it comes to a series, a playoff series against a really good, really well-coached team, which if you plan on going deep in the playoffs, there will be at least one, probably multiple of those. And they know it internally. They're not like delusional about this. They know they need shooting. But the problem is they're going to need shooting in the most important moments. And right now, in your most important moments with the team currently constructed, you're going to have at least three non-shooters on the floor. Like three guys, I shouldn't say three non-shooters, at least three guys who you don't, who defenses feel comfortable helping off of from the three-point arc. Because you're going to have Julius out there, who's not a non-shooter, who's in the three-point contest. But he is somebody who defenses feel comfortable helping off of. You're going to have Mitch who camps out in the paint and you're going to have RJ. And if you don't have RJ, you're probably going to have Josh Hart. Uh, and there's, there's a pretty good chance in the most important moments, you're going to have those guys. And it's probably more often than not going to be RJ. And then the question becomes, okay, does going out and getting some bench guy who's not going to close for the mid-level actually change you? change your shooting, change your spacing 
in a meaningful way if it doesn't change it in the meaningful moments. And that is what you have to get at. So if they really, truly deem spacing the issue, then of that trio of Mitch, RJ, and Julius, they got to make a choice. At least one of those guys has to be, you have to strongly consider moving on from one of those guys. And I'm pretty confident knowing how um, thoughtful and measured Robert Randolph is. I'm pretty confident that's what he meant by that. 100%. For sure. Um, a guy you didn't say just now was Emmanuel Quickly. That could potentially be one of the people closing, but also right, because, but he's I, extension, I mean, the, the, because he's extension yeah. eligible, uh, could be some one of the guys that some of us have theorized might get moved, which is why your next question from JG is centered around Emmanuel Quickly. All right. From JG, question, which is more likely to happen this season? IQ dealt now, IQ dealt mid-season, IQ stays with the team all season. Hmm. I think the least likely would be him getting dealt mid-season. Because I don't really see a world where they have him going into the season and it comes to the deadline and he's not just like too important to their current prospects to trade. I do think there's a world where he gets traded this season. I do think there's a world where he gets traded for um, like a veteran or something like a, like a really good veteran, uh, but it would have to be the right trade. I, I don't think the Knicks are actively trying to trade him. Uh, I do know they spoke to at least one team about quickly, uh, but it was in, I want to make sure I phrase this in the best way possible because I haven't written this or said this elsewhere. They've spoken to at least one team about quickly, but I do know the player that they were discussing, it, well, they weren't particularly close and the player they were discussing acquiring for quickly was a, a really good player in his prime. So I don't, I don't think it's the situation where it's like they're trying to trade quickly. I think they think very highly of quickly and they thought, well, if we want a really good player in his crime, in his prime, you can't just give up peanuts. Uh, and I think they thought maybe quickly is the guy because this other team liked quickly a lot and they weren't close and nothing materialized teams talk about that kind of stuff all the time. Uh, it, it's not a huge deal to me. And that's the only time I've really heard about them talking quickly stuff. Uh, I think it's possible he gets traded this off season. I'm going to I'm going to say the most likely is that he stays with them. But I wouldn't bet my life that he's not going anywhere. I, I if I had to to rank them, I would say that he's more likely to stay with them this summer than than Obi is. Like I would say Obi is definitely more likely to get dealt than than quickly is. Next one from Jessica Elsner. Make sure we only refer to these as super cats chats. Fred, how did it feel to write? He drained 40% of his deep balls this season. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, however good it felt to write, I'm sure whoever it was who drained 40% of deep balls, it felt better to drain the deep balls. That's got to be for sure. It, we're not in, Andrew, Andrew flashes onto the camera. We're not in innuendo anymore. 
we're just we're just we've dropped we've walked right past innuendo and we're just we're just saying it all out loud andrew i think we're ready for the next super chat though oh from fred katz for four dollars and 91 cents when is macri coming back this guy blows well that's why it's making making uh deep balls jokes andrew is they say am i allowed to make deep balls jokes I'm sure you've listened to the show before and heard. That's true. Specifically during, I mean, Macri reading uh, NBA Youngboy lyrics and um, us during the NBA draft commenting on. Oh, on and, Grady and Dick. also yeah. the um, the Manscaped ads. Like not for nothing. Yeah, I I literally got paid to make balls jokes here on the Great, show. Grady Dick has got to get a Manscaped. He does. Thing, right yes he does if, if like, orlando if you don't have grady dick reading yeah. that doing manscaped commercials during promos during the halftime right he's got to come on and the the tagline has to be if you want to have a grade a dick talk to grady dick <laughs> the best was was the orlando sentinel that tweeted out a picture of grady dick and on top of the picture it said big and on the bottom of the picture it said energy oh no it was the it was the newspaper it was i think it was the student paper at university of kansas Oh, it was. Oh, I thought it was yeah. a. Oh, okay, so it was his college paper, which even better. Yeah, yeah, that was this great. Is, this is uh, <laughs> this is what you came for, everybody. <laughs> hey, what's up, Jonathan Macri here with our good friends at Oakley to tell you why Jalen Brunson's incredible first season in New York was more than meets the eye. Is it that Brunson became the first point guard in Knicks history to average at least 24 points a game? Is it that he became just the second player in NBA history to average at least 24 points, six assists, and under 2.5 turnovers? No and no! It's that he did both of those things all while playing on a below-market contract that will become even more valuable under the new collective bargaining agreement. So yes, we should all be very thankful that the Mavericks had to find out the hard way that Jalen Brunson is more than meets the eye. What's up, Knicks fans? Express your style and build a look that's made just for you. Oakley's changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, train, or just want to look like your favorite athlete? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakley's today. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self and an expression of your personality, with Oakley, there's more than meets the eye. Here at Knicks Film School, our motto is look good, play good. And that's why Oakley is the perfect partner for us. Not a one of us leaves the house in the morning without our Oakleys. And listen up, because it's officially almost summer, which means you need to upgrade your sunglass game now. Check out Oakley.com to get yourself a pair today. Also, did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? Now, I know what you're thinking. GMAC, what the hell is that? Well, it's a technology solely used by Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? Head on over to Oakley.com and check it out for yourself. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses. That'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you that Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head on over to Oakley.com for more information today. Next up, one of your colleagues. Ah, here's Chris. Uh, hey, Fred, hate your work, naturally. What's something you learned covering another team that stuck with you in NYC? Chris coming in with the journalism questions. Mm. Okay. Andrew, should I get deep? 
Should I get really deep right now? I'm going to get deep. I learned that basketball decision-making has as much to do with ego as it does to do with intelligence. I used to see guys, you know, as like a fan or growing up or whatever. I used to see guys make who just like make terrible passes, reckless plays, whatever, and think that guy makes that decision because he, because he has low basketball IQ. And it's kind of what we all think. And I realized the guy who really taught me this was John Wall, where I used to go to John Wall. I, I got to a point when I was covering the Wizards where I'd go to John Wall's locker like before like almost every game. And we would just chat about basketball and the NBA because I loved talking basketball with John Wall because the dude's basketball IQ is obscene. And he'd go out in the court and the Wizards would be down two with 19 seconds left. And he would take some 17-footer when he shot 32% from that range and miss it. And if you ask him, hey, John, there's a 32% shooter who just took a shot with the team down two with 19 seconds left on the, on the clock. What do you think of that shot? He would tell you that's not a good shot. But I think the reason John takes those shots is because he's so confident in himself that he says, yeah, but I'm not. I make every shot that I take. And it really stuck with me uh, because there were so many moments where uh, I see guys make certain decisions and do things. And I just think like, he just thinks he's John Wall and he can do it. Or he just thinks he's filling the blank and he can do it. Uh, I'm much less judgmental, not just because of that kind of stuff, but with a lot of other things. Like I also like when you're covering the league, and this is kind of the greater point on it, I guess, you kind of start to know that there are so many more things that you don't know than you realized. Like we were talking about, for example, like the, um, the, the Julius Randle comment about maybe they just wanted it more. Like I, I understood why fans were upset about that. But the fact that it comes minutes after that whole thing with Obi goes down in the locker room and he's one of the people who's like, you know, trying to calm down the situation. And then he comes out and that's obviously a very highly emotional situation for everybody involved. And then he comes out and he has to do media. You know, I, I, I'm a reporter and, and I don't think he should have just ducked media that night. Uh, but I understand that that's a tough situation for a person to be in. Then he comes out, he says, maybe they just wanted it more, but to the outside, it just looks like he came out and said, maybe they just wanted it more. Right. So like, I think there's just so much that we don't know on the outside uh, that, that it makes me generally less judgmental of the really bad stuff, but also I think sometimes less like, like profusely praiseful of the really good stuff too. All right. Ray Marcano, Fred and Andrew, I'm in Kentucky buying a barrel of bourbon. Please don't die, Ray. Happy to send you some for all of for all you do. And John, if no more changes, what's the next record this season? All right. I'll take the bourbon. Sounds wonderful. A barrel sounds a little over the top. What's the next record this season? If nothing else changes. So if they just run it back and it's the same nine-man rotation. I mean, I I think Grimes will get better. 
I don't think RJ will be any worse. He'll probably get better. I don't think quickly will be any worse. He'll probably get better. I think Obi probably, even if he does get better, if he's going to play that same role, not sure how much it impacts them. Uh, I think the defense will be better with Josh Hart there. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? Screw it. Robert Cross, 53, 53 wins. I think I think I'd I think I'd put him at like like 48, 49, something like that. I think that sounds about right. 48, 49. But I also don't think it's gonna be exactly the same. Like even if even if there aren't massive changes to the core, like there will be some change on the periphery. I don't think they're just running it back like a hundred percent the same. From Fargo Tufo. Why did Macri tattoo Fred on his cheek face? And Andrew, is this something that I'm missing? So this is in reference to Zion Williamson and some recent uh, tattoos that someone that, yeah, that, that someone in his life recently got on their face. So <laughs> was that real? That wasn't photoshopped. I got to be totally honest with you. I started down the path of the rabbit hole into that story and decided quickly like, oh, this is I, I got enough and didn't get as far as to keep up with the story. So I I I, I usually think half the stuff on the internet isn't true, but that also means mm-hmm. half the stuff on the internet is. So I, I have no I, idea how to how to judge it completely. I I mean I guess if this is a reference to that, then the answer would be because um I'm having a kid with somebody else. Mm. Right? Of course. I haven't really followed the I'll be honest. I think I have followed the Zion stuff in general less than anyone else in the NBA world. I I couldn't even really tell you the details of it. I just don't care. I care so much more about how good Zion is in crunch time. Like, I just don't care. I I don't care to know his personal life. I just don't care. Can I ask a follow-up? In in the NBA circles that you you traveling and conversing and, and snoop around in do stories like this that tend to end up more gossip column, gossip column, which I know isn't a word, but I'll just make it. But like, do those come up the way they do for us on like Twitter spaces and whatnot? Yeah. They yeah. Do? I mean, okay. I've, I've heard, I've heard like hilarious gossipy stories about players that I, I won't report. Right. Um, right. I've had, I've had players who trust me, because they know I'm not going to put it out there. Tell me like wild stories. And they're just like, you obviously can't write this. And, th- and then I'm like, yeah, no problem. Let me hear the story. And they tell me, and it's a hilarious story. And, and then you move on. I mean, look, these are um, very, very well off. Mo- often single men in their twenties. Uh, who uh, can do very well if they if they if they please to? So can, can yes. do what they want if they please to. Yes, yes, there yeah. is a lot of gossip that that I have heard over the years. Okay, but I'm not going to tell any of it here. Have you spoken to your colleagues in New Orleans about like how do they have to cover this a certain way, or do they have to cover it? At never, all? never even mentioned it to them. Okay, I've no, I'm not kidding. Like I. I have not even thought about this sign. Like I just, I haven't followed it. Sometimes stuff about it pops up on my timeline. I saw those pictures. I'm just, I just don't. I maybe I'm just too old now. I just don't care. 
This is now the second live stream this week that this Zion story has come up and we haven't completely given context. I'm telling you, folks, I don't I don't know the story enough. I couldn't I, give context if I wanted no, no, to. No, I'm not I saying it's your I, fault. Benji was even worse at explaining what the story was. I just Well, because you've got like the two biggest basketball nerds ever that yeah. you're talking about this with. Talk about this with like, you know, like someone who who like are there two people on earth who care more about just like wanting to discuss like help help side defense than me and benji yeah you know yeah. like and dj zulo for that matter yeah yes the two of them the other night. yeah you're picking the worst people all right so you you should have asked probably chris last night the kids probably know like the youth of america probably know, know more know. about stuff like this so chris would know uh another one from ray how does it feel to be loved by knicks fans i'll let you know when i find someone who is i'll let you know i'll ask carmelo anthony that and then, and then I'll let you know on that. I don't know. Am I loved by Knicks fans? I don't think most Knicks fans know who I am. We can go to the next one. Is that true? You're on a Knicks live stream that a lot of people are watching and are getting donations specifically saying how much they appreciate your work. I think you're, you're loved by Knicks fans. But half of them are just... Are oh, so, not, so Ray should have specified AI Knicks fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saying. Okay. Yeah. Before I feel I like you guys... I feel like you guys are way more loved by Knicks fans than I am. You're in our circle. <laughs> one of us. One of I us. Think, I think I'm KFS adjacent. I will take it. You're an, you're an, adjunct, I don't, you're an adjunct faculty, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> of, of Knicks film school. Fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think you guys are way more loved. Um, from Robert Cross. This donation is for you, Fred. You'll need the monies after the young upstart Chris Persanian graduates college and takes your job. <laughs> Hopefully then he'll be able to move out of his mom's basement. Hashtag 53 wins. I should note that I think actually on the previous uh, Robert Cross ones, I, I think I forgot to read hashtag 53 wins on the other one, which I don't know how I forgot to read them. Thank you, Robert. That's that's very, very nice of you. And that's also a very good and well-deserved burn. Well done. Um, next one from Duran Visual Variant. Curious about chemistry since you're around the team. Wondered what are the clicks on the Knicks? Who hangs out with who? Who really gets along off the court? Who are just work friends? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I know Obi, Obi and Quick are are pretty good buddies. Uh, McBride and um, Quentin, yeah, Quentin Grimes get along really well. Like uh, I think the young guys kind of tend to get along pretty well. Mitch, Mitch and Hartenstein are are like really good friends. They're like Beavis and Butthead. They're totally ridiculous together. Those two. Uh, and, and like, they try to get Jericho in on their thing, but Jericho is just so quiet and just so keeps to himself that they try to get Jericho in on the thing. Cause he's the other center, but Mitch, Mitch and Hartenstein, Hartenstein are like, are like really close. Um, off the top of my head, those are, those are some of the really close friendships. Um, RJ gets along really well with Mitch gets along really well with, with OB. Um, you know, off the top of my head, those are some of them right there. From Matt Smith, Fred, please give me reassurance that the Knicks starting center will not be nicknamed for an animal who is a big name you don't think is being talked about enough. Is Mitchell Robinson being nicknamed for an animal? Did I miss this too? 
Maybe I just don't cover the Knicks well anymore because I don't know any of this stuff. Andrew, can you help me out here? I'll dig. I'll dig around. I'll I'll ask the chat to clarify. But I'll, I'll dig do you around. know what he's referring to? Oh, cat. Oh, cat. I was like, what is Mitchell Robinson's name? No, no, no. So that he's saying, cat. reassure him that the Knicks will not trade for cat. Mm, there you go. Reassure. Him. I, I I can't reassure him that the Knicks won't trade for cat. Yeah, sorry, Matt. I I can't. I can't reassure you the Knicks won't trade for Cat. Look, if I had to choose, if I had to set the odds on the Knicks will trade for Cat or they won't trade for Cat, I would say it's it's definitely more likely that they won't trade for Cat. Um, you know what I've what I've heard from Minis- from from like kind of out of Minnesota is that it used to be so when Minnesota was talking to other teams on the trade market, it was like Anthony Edwards, no go, Rudy Gobert, no go. Cat, no go, and Jaden McDaniels, no go. And it was like, you can't talk to them about those guys. And from what I've heard, the way that they're kind of positioning when they talk to other teams now is like, if you mention ants, hang it up, done. Like there's just, there's no offer you could even make for him because when you're a third of the way into talking, the phone is going to be hung up. Uh, and those other three guys, Cat, Gobert, and McDaniels, like they're they're not trying to trade them at all. They're they're not seeking out trades for them, but they have positioned Ant as like the we're not trading him guy. And that's the kind of the first time there's been they've signaled a little bit of a separation between Ant and the rest of the guys. So I think if you make a really great offer for Cat. And this is my opinion. This part, this part is my opinion based on the knowledge that I, I, I just told you guys. I think, it, I think my personal belief, if you make a really strong offer for Cat, I don't think Minnesota is going to just like hang up on you and tell you to go screw yourself. It's not happening. But I also don't think Minnesota is even considering an offer for Cat unless it's a ridiculously strong offer. Um, I know the connections. He's represented by CAA. Leon Rose used to be his agent. At this point, that's a prerequisite for coming to the Knicks, right? It's a prerequisite for being on the superstar list. I, I Look, I wrote this week. I wouldn't give up a ton for him if I were the Knicks. I, I don't think he's the ideal fit, like contract aside. It's just if, if you've got him and Brunson, I would just have nightmares of those two guys in a playoff series of them just getting killed and picking rolls over and over and over again. So... I mean, I wouldn't do it. Uh, I I don't think they've been saving up all their chips to just trade a ton of picks and good young players for Cat. But I'm not saying it's a 0% chance. Like, certainly, they talk all around the league all year. And this is not me reporting according to sources. I'm making very clear that like the NBA is like high school, and there's so much gossip, just endless amounts of gossip. And other teams always want to talk about other teams. And they're always just like, so Knicks are getting cat. That seems like a done deal. And that's not a source. A source is someone who has direct knowledge of that the Knicks are getting whomever they're getting. A source is somebody who is there, or at least privy to the conversation firsthand, depending on the person. Almost always, it's somebody who is there when the thing goes down or, or like, you know, has direct proof of the thing going down. That's a source. You know, this is not a source. This is just like 
fill in the blank person who works for the Shanghai Sharks, who's like, yeah, next you're getting cat. That's what I heard from a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend, you know? Uh, and and so everyone around the league all year was like, yeah, next you're going to get cat this summer. That was all thing. And it's because they're putting the obvious breadcrumbs together that, that everybody assumes that whenever they trade for the star, it's going to be a CAA guy and cats, a CAA guy. And, you know, Minnesota fell apart this year. But I, I, I think it, I can't assure you it's not happening, but I also can tell you, I think it's more likely than not that he's not coming to New York. So it's not as obvious as um, where we were exactly a year ago that the breadcrumbs were pointing to uh, Leon Rose, um, whose God, godson was a restricted free agent or an upcoming restricted free agent uh, whose son was the agent of said restricted free agent. And then whose uh, head coach just hired the son of the father of said restricted free agent to join the team. It's not as blatant as that, but uh, the breadcrumbs do exist is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, the breadcrumbs aren't nearly as strong. Not that was not, like, that those was weren't even, yeah, those are on fire. Those weren't even breadcrumbs. Those are billboards. Those, yeah, no, but like those weren't even breadcrumbs. Like those things were so hot, they were just toast. Mm-hmm. You know, like they were, that was, that was so obvious, mm-hmm. you know, like. Well, thankfully, knew, they followed league rules and waited until the, the uh, tampering period officially ended and they signed him an hour afterward. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.